and welcome to Cherry's Red Army. Hope you're having a good start to the week, wherever you are in the world. Is it ever a dull moment at AFC Bournemouth? Not really. I've got John and Steve with me. Do hit the like button on this video. We are live on YouTube and Twitter. The interactive chat is open for you subscribers. So do let us know you are here with us. John, we've got lots to talk about, as always. Cherry's in Focus, episode 15. Let's start with a positive, though. You did have some really good interaction on the watch along on Saturday. And it's uh, good for you. Apart from the result, it was good for YouTube. I mean, that's one way to put it. Um, yeah, I think I think my reaction to the second goal, I think, got um, um, was probably the highlight. If if you want to come at it from a neutral's perspective, but um, yeah, wasn't wasn't the uh, wasn't the greatest Saturday after that, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, we did we did get quite a lot of good interaction. Got a couple of Wolves fans joining in a lot, and uh, a few quite a few new subscribers. So thank you very much for everyone, anyone who's um, who's joining us now after catching that catching that watch along. There, um, I'm not entirely sure whether I'm mentally prepared to do one for uh, for the Burnley game. So um, we'll we'll talk about that one maybe another time. But uh, I hope everyone can at least get something out of this video today. Some good numbers on the match day vlog as well. Thank you to you Bournemouth fans who took the time to put the comments out. It was tough. I was trying to watch the rugby. I was trying to do the edit. Steve, if there is another positive for the channel in another bad weekend on the pitch is that we got to 1,800 subscribers. Cherry's Red Army, we're 200 away from 2,000. So we've hit our next milestone. I think there's some really good variety on this channel. We try and do some fan debates during international breaks. We have the core contributors, which include you, Stephen. We're kicking on on YouTube. Yeah, it's nice to get, um, you know, a varied wide range of um, fans on here, sort of giving their thoughts and their opinions. So it gives us something to debate as well. So it's always useful, but it's lovely to see, those, you know, chalking off those milestones and slowly eking our way into 2000. But um, I just want to say thanks for having me on again. It's lovely to see your bedroom back into some sort of normality, John, after Saturday. That I heard you <laughs> destroyed it <laughs> after the second goal. But yeah, this will this will be an interesting bit of therapy tonight. Um, and let's see where tonight's discussion takes us. So do subscribe to Cherry's Red Army as we look to go past 1800. We've got Rob Toy joining us. Hi, all Foley inbound from America, Mark Singleton. Great to see you in the North Stand on Saturday. Ethan Burney, hope you are doing well. Mark Cole, good to see you before the game outside the main reception. We have got Mikey, evening all, Kirk, John and Steve, Aaron Kay, who's another contributor, can't make it tonight, but he is here on the interactive chat. Heather, how are you? We've also got Omid, did see you in the North Stand, but sorry, didn't have time to actually catch up with you. Too many people in front of us, Omid, but I'll catch up with you on the next one. And anyone else joining us, I will show it on the screen. There you go. Paul from Australia. Let's go and talk about that full-time result. At the weekend then at Dean Court, it was a must three points at the start of the day. We would have taken a point halfway through the second half. Didn't quite go to plan, did it? But it was AFC Bournemouth one, Wolves two. 
and we'll get stuck into the main points of this game, guys. And I do want to just try and bring some positives out. It's going to be another another tough stream and another another tough conversations. But Alex Scott on the screen there in the lineup. I was surprised, Steve, to see him in the lineup in regards to the starting eleven. I thought he might be in the squad because there were some images across the socials leading up to the game. Good to see him. Thought he was a little bit rusty. Naturally, he's had a, he's had a bit of an injury. But once he grew into the game, wanted the ball. This player is going to have some serious talent and, and we're hopefully going to benefit from it. Yeah, he's one player that I've been really keen to see. Um, he's one that when we were touted with signing him, I was, you know, I was really interested in, you know, will he is he the big hyped up young talent that everyone thinks he is or says he is. And when I started doing the infamous YouTube research like you do, I I say I you know I quickly saw what you know. I keep, everyone keeps saying he's a Guernsey Grealish, but I, I just thought he, look, he looked like a bit of a gazer. I've said this before. He, he's, he's, lo he's got that lovely body swerve about him. He seems to glide through uh, past players, sorry, drive with the ball. And he's got that. He's, deceptively, with the ball, he's quite quick. Mm. From what I saw with Bristol, I mean, uh, it's a lower level, but, you know, I thought he did okay when he came in. And, and just to see him on the team sheet was a massive boost. I mean, we've said about how lightweight our midfield has been, and we get somebody back in there with you know albeit we haven't seen it just yet with some raw talent and you know a bit of bit of the unknown i suppose what's he going to do what you know it was, it was it was sort of g'd me up a bit i was very nervous going into the game um because of previous results and and then to see a name like his on the team sheet along with kelly um and billing further up which is another plus of alex scott being in the team he got to release billing into where we want to see him so, yeah, I mean, hopefully the lad, yeah, I thought he started a bit jittery. He got, he grew into the game and, uh, you know, he was, he was in uh, part of the build up for the, for our goal. So I don't, you know, he didn't do himself any damage whatsoever. I thought it was a, it was a pretty decent um, debut. Yeah, John, eyes on Alex Scott. I'm really interested to see if all the hype is real. And I'm looking at the player, he's 19, right? And you can, get some stuff when you just really zone in on them. And what I liked about Alex Scott, similar to Grealish, similar to Gaza, uh, is that if you're confident, even at 19 and you back your ability, you want the ball. And he wanted the ball. Early on, he wanted the ball off Lloyd Kelly. And there was a pass from Lloyd Kelly that went a little bit wayward. It, it went behind Aaron's, but he was calling for it. Doesn't care if, if he's got a man on top of him. And I like that. That tells me he's confident. He feels like he can back himself. He can take a player on. And more to come from Alex Scott. But was he fit? Not sure. It was a big game for us, and, and Andoni took the risk. But it, it was a it was a positive first half from him. Yeah, I mean, well, he was clearly more fit than Tyler Adams uh, when when Adams was put, uh, was given those twenty minutes. But um, yeah, I mean, he's 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 tra he trained enough clearly to impress um, Iriola to to get that starting position because you know there's there's no reason why Rothwell couldn't have started next to Cook because they would would have played that role. Pretty similarly, um, you would say in terms of in terms of the way that you think that Rothwell wants to play. But I do think that Rothwell can be quite negative with his passing at times. I thought when he just when he comes on the pitch, when we're actually in okay position, sort of in in rare opportunities to go into the Wolves half, I find him passing backwards a few times. I just think you just you just want someone to have their head up and just look at what is the positive move forward. And it seemed like Scott wanted to do that every single time. Um, I mean, there are still, you know, he's still 19. There's still naiveties that that 
you know, it's difficult to trust a 19-year-old explicitly, uh, you know, in, implicitly in, in sort of his defensive contributions. And you could maybe lay a bit of a blame when we get to this, if we touch on um, Wolves' first goal, you could say he's maybe a bit out of position, gets caught out and, and allows Neto a lot of freedom. Um, but at the same time, the, our, our goal goes goes straight through him. So, um I think hopefully, you know, if we if we just see more of that positivity coming from Scott, then then that will do, that will do us a, a world of good going forward. So we did ride our luck a little bit in that first half, Steve. We knew that Neto was going to be a danger man. He hit the bar early on, and they were breaking through us at times, and we looked a bit edgy when we were defending in our box. But we did get that moment where Alex Scott started to play. David Brooks got involved. Philip Billing in a more natural position that we like him in got inside the box. An assist for Billing, good goal by Dom Solanke, another goal for him. That was positive. We were 1-0 up and, and we felt like, is this the day that we get our first Premier League win? Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's no surprise that, you know, we've got Billing in his right position, Pete you know, Brooks, who we know can unlock a defence. You know, we've got creative, a bit more creativity in the right areas. And I think that was key on Saturday. We looked more of a threat. Especially in the first half, obviously the second half is a bit of a washout. But certainly in the first half, okay, we we like you picked up. We were defensively a bit naive at times, and we could have we you know we rode our luck, and we could have been one nil down. Um, but we you know we, we did ride our luck, and we got ourselves. I mean, we could have had. It wasn't the only opportunity we had. We could have had. You know, there was there was other opportunities we had. Um, but it's just it it it. it you know, it's quite simple what we've been missing. We haven't had the creativity. We haven't had those 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 wingers we've got tons of. Haven't been unlocking defenses. Haven't been playing cute little passes like we, I think Aaron spoke about with Brooks, for example. Billing seems to find he seems to glide into areas of pockets of space, and no one picks him up. And he's really good at doing that. And he just finds himself in a nice little pocket, plays a simple ball across the goal, and Dom's with a cute little finish. And I think we we were good for it. To be fair, it's just the same. You know, it's just this just the shame we had to play the second half. That's the only problem. Yeah, and I also thought that Billing just looked more happier. And he even yeah. had a track back moment that you'll probably catch on the watch along, John, where he makes a really good interception when it looks like Wolves are going to score. But Billing just looked happier. It was like when he's in this mood, this is why some really top clubs have previously wanted him. And I really liked it. So going into half time, John, I felt like we probably needed that second goal. We didn't get it, but I was OK. I felt like the first half, it wasn't completely perfect, but I was I was more than happy with that first half. So second half, we we just needed to make sure that we hit the ground running. We try and get the second goal and we definitely secure the three points. I think that Gary O'Neill made a change bringing on Tommy Doyle. I think he played a part in the equaliser. They basically hit us straight from kickoff. They scored. That would have frustrated the team. We'll come to those moments that would have led to some moments where the brain just didn't think. Good goal by Kenya. He's a threat. And it was 1-1. Yeah, I. Um, it's it's funny looking back, just checking up Sofa score stats the first half. It's like, I don't... I, the, it, the first half was a lot more even across the board than I remember it being. I really feel like Bournemouth were the team that looked like they were on the up. Um, in that game, yes, obviously the goal helped sort of skew things, but Wolves had more possession. They had more shots. Um, they obviously had more corners over the course of the game. They had four corners in the first half, and yet I was very confident 
uh, coming out of that first half that we were, you know, we were really going to push on from that. Um, and then not, not, uh, and it's not the first time that our team has just not been on it for the first few minutes of the second half and ended up conceding. Obviously, it happened within 25 seconds against Brighton through whatever weird set play we were trying to do on that one when Zabani wasn't even in our own half for a lot for most for most of it. Um, but yeah, I, men- I mentioned that I think Ty Doyle coming on and trying to be a little bit more of the passer from the back, it sort of made it, things a bit awkward for Alex Scott in the instance of the goal because he wasn't sure quite sure if you mark. Neto wasn't being tracked exclusively by Kirkers. I felt he could have done more of a man-marking job. I think that was more the tactics of it. Um, and in the end, Neto finds a really good pocket, plays a plays a ball in, and it's a really nice first-time strike from Cunha. Yeah. Got to say, when you see the replay of that, when it's square on, and you see Neto's arm seems to go under the ball, but he goes at it with only one arm. I feel as if he'd gone too too handed. I really think he should have saved. Personally, I'd say if you've got a good enough keeper for the prem, I expect him to save that. Um, when I've when I've had a look at it on the replay, but then I might be being a little harsh because it is a first time strike. But you kind of see his arm just sort of swish just under the ball or just behind it, and it's, it's very frustrating. Um, and then and then the half just got worse and worse. Um, mm. as, as as things went from there, and and it's not like it's not like the red card was like the big changing moment where Bournemouth were starting to come into it, and then the momentum was killed. Like, no, Wolves had the entirety of that second half before the red card, and just by the fact that you can see, like the reason Huang gets in Cook's face is because Cook takes about three swipes at him and ends up completely hacking him down from behind. It's a yellow card there and mm. then. But then to just completely lose his head the way he does to headbutt Huang like that, and I mean, there's no there's no excuse for that, and I don't understand how. There's definitely something in that because it was something that was brought up in in the um in the watch along when I was sort of looking back on the game and saying like, okay, you know. The pl- I don't blame Iriola so much for this result because of X, Y, and Z, and the players make a mess here, and they make a mistake there, and they make a mistake there. But at the same time, if this is not the first time they haven't managed to keep a clean sheet within the first couple of minutes of the second half, it's n- seemingly a lot of players started to lose their heads in the start of the second half of that game. And you start to sort of go, you know, there's something going on in the squad at the moment where the mentality is not there. Hmm. And that is a little bit worrying when it's it's starting to build up these instances. Um, and I'm, I'm being turned. Sorry, frustration. I think. I think. Yeah, frustration. But you frustration but... of the situation. Frustrated with the situation. Mm-hmm. And things just aren't going their way. And I mean that's so uncharacteristic of Lewis Cook. When have we? I mean, he hasn't got a history of disciplinary you know problems, has he? I've never seen him. I don't remember him ever getting red card. Maybe he has, but I certainly don't remember it. And you would say, out of all of our players, he's probably the, the, one of the coolest heads amongst the team. It, it's just an absolute red mist descended on him, and it, it's just an absolute well, moment of madness. And I'm sure he knows more than anyone of how much he's let his teammates down, fans down, and well, the whole club down. Yeah. I think if he stays on the pitch, as much as John said that Wolves are in the ascendancy, I, I think we, you know, we we don't lose that game. I think we get no. I think we get a draw at, at the very least. 
And I still think we had, even when we were down to 10 um, and we made some changes and I thought Dango that came on was quite effective, actually, even though he'd had a couple of tricky weeks prior to that. Yeah. Um, we did show something, even with 10 men. Um, and albeit for another moment of madness, probably would have seen that out because I thought we dealt with them after that quite, you know, there's no momentum for us. It's just completely, you know, backs against the wall defending. I thought we coped with them quite well. Um, and again, silly errors just cost us a, you know, what would have been in the circumstance a very good point. Yeah. I said it in the match day vlog as well. After at the end of the match day vlog, I said, You're, you're at 1 1, you're still in the game, you're the home team. I still backed us to get a result on the day, just like you, you both have. And I just, I just don't know what Lewis Cook is doing. I mean, I said outside the stadium to you, Steve, I don't even care if he's moved his head a millimetre. He's fell into the trap. We know what this yeah, game yeah, and where this game is right now. We know that he's going to drop to the floor. We know that doesn't happen in real life, but it's yeah. football. He's going to fall to the ground. You've moved your head. You fell into the trap and you've, you've seriously hurt us. And it was always going to be an uphill battle. Uh, Ethan Bernie in the chat says, what do you all think about Lewis Cook's... Yeah. It's exactly that. Heather, I think, backs this up, saying second red card of Lewis Cook's nine-year yeah. career. He's apologised. He's owned it, which is yeah. what I asked for in the match day vlog. That's absolutely fine. In the moment, you let the team down. So we knew then it was going to be backs against the wolves, and, and Andoni made some changes. As you said, Steve, Dango did all right when he came on, actually. We've been critical of some of his performances, but he did try. He did get into some areas. Kiefer Moore, come on. I mean, some people were questioning that. Why did Semenyo not come on? I mean, I I arguably said 50-50, I'd have had Semenyo starting. I think the key for Moore change, John, is to deal with Kalasnic if there's a set piece. I, I That's all I can think of with Kiefer Moore, or maybe trying to get him to hold the ball up, try and waste yeah. some time. But it's to try and it's to try and match the height in set pieces we might have to defend late in the game. Um, that's a, that's an interesting angle, and I actually don't I don't deny that, particularly as Kalasnic had come on at that. Did point. he not come? Um, did he not come on talk, before Kalasnic? I don't think so. I think he came on after Kalasnic. Oh, did he? Okay. Oh, well, okay, whichever. I think. Well, personally, because the thing is, for me, because that wasn't the angle I was looking at. Where I remember when when the sub was made. Personally, I think Iriola had exactly the starting lineup I would have wanted. And yeah. he also, I thought all five of his substitutions were bang on because Solanke looked absolutely shattered. I really do think that there was an element of like, I've been having Solanke play 90 minutes on almost every game. And in this instance, he's had to run even more because we've down, been down a man. I need to give him a bit of a rest. And when the ball goes long, which it needs to do from now on, it needs to stick. And whilst Moore has shown he's not actually the best at making sure he keeps hold of the ball when it gets to him, he gives you a really good chance of doing so. So particularly when you've got Christie, who is naturally going to come inside from the right-hand side and, and be quite close uh, quite close to him, I think, from long kicks. Um, but yeah, Watara I thought was uh, the bang on substitution. I think the best substitution he made uh, was uh, bringing on uh, Senesi for Kirkes. Yeah. Um, I thought that was an absolutely bang on substitution. Shifted Kelly to left back, put Senesi at the centre back, and you give yourself that bit, that more height for set pieces and just a bit of comfort because you know Kirk is, is going to make a bad decision at some point. He wasn't brilliant this game. He was fine, but he wasn't he wasn't brilliant. Um, 
whilst you know there were other positives but i do think the back to the wall defending and really not giving them very much opportunity was actually quite positive if you if you look at it from a sort of like turning it around finding the silver lining i did think defensively we looked decent we didn't really give them any opportunities there was that one huang chance from a neto save that maybe he should have done better with in the first place um but uh yeah speaking of neto there's there's so, been yeah go on kirk so john right and steve right what we need then don't we when we're getting so close to full time is some calmness now this ball goes out of play i'm capturing it i am i've got it on the match day vlog and doni iriola is shouting at neto as you can see neto getting sort of a uh, you know blood rush to the head and he's looking for a quick option. He looks at Billing. I didn't see this in the stadium, but it's in the highlights. Billing does sort of offer Steve to say, okay, if you want to pass me the ball, pass me the ball. Neto is an experienced footballer. Now he's not been a, he's not been a first team cap uh, goalkeeper in a lot of sides, but he's an experienced player. He should be telling Billing, go away. I'm not making this pass right now. Slow the game down waste time, get the ball up the pitch, regroup. The interesting thing is when he plays it out and we lose possession, Lloyd Kelly's out of position. We're all over the place at the back. Hwang plays a lovely ball through. Klasnic comes onto it and scores. Should never have got to the point where Billings got the ball at his feet. I just can't quite believe what's going through Neto's mind, Steve. And I've looked back now at all the games and I'm putting five massive moments in football matches that have cost us goals. Yeah, it's hard to um, stick up for him, actually. Um, but I don't think he's completely at fault here because you say he's an experienced player, but yeah, so is Billing. And between the pair of them, that should have never happened. Um, you're right, Andoni was... It wasn't just at that point. He was telling us generally in our play to take our time, calm down, just slow everything down. That was the way... You know, that's that's just textbook what you do when you're man down. You slow the game down. It's just it's just straightforward. Um the the thing I, I kind of you know, they're they're being taught to play quickly. Uh yeah, David David said it there, so he's got a tendency to get bloody card in every week for my time wasting, and then the one time we need him to time waste, he doesn't he doesn't get it for time uh, wasting, he does yeah. it for gobbing off at the ref. That's what he gets well, his yeah. cards for. So I mean, I'm just I'm just looking at the, the yellow cards for Saturday. I can't mean there was how many? Blimey, seven and a red plus, he, and he didn't get one. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> anyway, back to the point. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's not the first time this season with with Neto, and he's he's got away with quite a few. He did it at Everton a couple of times. Um, just rolled the ball straight out, and we were swamped, and and that was with eleven players. But it's, I think they're being coached in a way that you know they want to attack quickly. And that's the only thing I can sort of get into my head that that's the only reason why he would have done that. It's like, well, he maybe he saw a quick breakaway. And if Billing takes that and he gets mm. past the players, maybe there's a break on. Unfortunately, he never got that far and it got tangled up in Billing's feet and, you know, the rest is history. Mm. But I just like, I, I think Neto is coming in for a lot of stick and I can understand why. But I think a lot. I think I just wanted to make one point. We we seem to forget that he did lose his mother in the summer, and if he's not in a right headspace, and this is what I said the other week about taking players out of the firing line, if if for some reason, because I don't, 
he doesn't look confident. He looks even before the game started yesterday. I watched them break from uh, their, their lineup, and he just walked towards the goal very slowly on his own. Whereas all the other players running off, getting ready to get the game going, and he just looked he looked just a bit dejected before he even started. I'm just I'm just guessing. I don't know, but if I was if I was in Rio, it's what I said about you know some of the others. If the, if their head's not quite in it and they're not up for the fight at the minute, take them out the firing line. Yeah. Because this isn't this isn't going to get any better for them. John's watch along. You can go back and watch it after this. Just skip to like the end somewhere, and you'll see John lose it when the second goal goes in. And John, I think I said it in the vlog as well. I'm like, he's been running a thin line here for quite a while, and too many errors. I can't sit here and say I have much more faith in the goalkeepers we've got in the squad outside of Neto. But I'm definitely of the thinking that, unfortunately, Neto's got to come out this weekend. We'll talk about the predicted lineup in a bit. And I came out the stadium, John, thinking, where are these leaders that we all keep talking about? I saw two on Saturday. I saw Dom Solanke. I don't particularly want our striker to have the captaincy. I want him to focus on scoring goals. But I saw Dom Solanke carrying that team at times. Do you know who else I saw as a leader? Lloyd Kelly. The irony. The guy absolutely lost it with Neto when that goal went in. But I saw a leader there. He's 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 grown through adversity. He lost the captaincy. He might not be at the club for much longer. But I give him the captain's armband this Saturday. Yeah. Um, and whilst I have not gone back um, with any kind of uh, desire to to look back over those goals, I do remember seeing flashes of of Neto being brought up on the screen who looked entirely dejected and you see that he often is like a lot of goalkeepers even when it's their mistake they go out shouting at other people um mm. maybe even to try and take the blame off themselves or to try and g g people up or whatever and he just looked he, he looked like a lot of the players would have been he looked resigned but yeah the important thing is he's the captain he's the captain he's one of the very few players that are in there um I think he's 30 at this point, maybe 31. Um, he's in his, I'm fairly certain he's, I'm fairly certain he's in his early 30s. 33. And he's, oh, he's 33, right. Okay. So yeah, he's been around plenty long and he's one of the very few older heads in the, in the, in the, in the entire squad that we have. Um, and he's not showing that leadership at the moment, um, which is a real concern. And I mentioned it on the, in 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 the instant reaction and the instant frustration, I was obviously very disappointed, but my thoughts haven't changed. You can't, I I cannot get behind him being him starting the next game. I can't, I can't after that because that's a that is quite a number of things in the decision making of your brain that needs to go wrong for you to do that. Because there's the natural instinct that you have as a player when you know you're down a man to slow everything down. There's the natural instincts of goalkeepers when they're in any kind of awkward situation for the team where they need to slow things down to allow their defence to get a breather. There's the natural tendency of his game to punch a lot of things, which builds pressure onto your defence because it doesn't allow you to completely stop the game and everyone let everyone to get that breather. And in that instance, he has allowed the quick movement of Billing to offer completely cloud his judgment of what he should do as a professional goalkeeper in that position and 
we have brought in someone who maybe doesn't have the years on Neto, but is someone that certainly was for a point decently rated. And he's been brought in on loan, you would imagine, to push and to challenge Neto to be someone that Neto knows he's that if he gets a few bad performances in a row, he might be dropped. And obviously, I haven't seen any of the cup games. I've only seen the goals and I don't know how to blame. I can't even remember how much to blame you can say for Radu on, on the goals we conceded against Swansea. But I just think that if you cannot drop Neto after that performance, and if, if you add in the thing that Steve said about that he might not be in the, in the right headspace because of a tragedy in the family, which I'd completely forgotten about, and it is a completely valid point about his headspace right now, I mean, you've got to you've got to take him out of the firing line, like Steve said. You he's he is a he is a lightning rod for the fans' vitriol at the moment, and mm. you cannot, as a manager, allow your player to keep taking on that responsibility. It's just building and building the weight on him. Just break the break the tension, break the malaise that seems to be there at the moment change things up and put Radu in like help put even in Randolph who is an experienced goalkeeper in the Premier League um and and throughout the the football league just something just just you need to give him a rest at this point particularly when this is the most high pressure game in the week coming up against Burnley because my god if we don't get if we don't get a win never mind a result if we don't get a win um I do I do have more concerns coming down the pipeline. So it was Bournemouth 1, Wolves 2. They took some good goals. They took there and they uh, took all the three points back to Molyneux. And then I suppose, Steve and John, I'm going to give you an opportunity now to give your thoughts on where we are right now with Andoni Iriola, the club. I'm going to give you three or four minutes just to give us your thoughts. And you guys in the chat, I know you're talking about potential goalies. I don't think we can sign anyone until January, but some good options in there. But we are going to take this moment to just talk about Andoni Iriola. I'm going to give my opinion and where I am. And I've spoken on a few platforms. And today, there was some news breaking that maybe Andoni was going to be sacked. That was then sort of squashed by some really good sources. And then Monday Night Football, Jamie Carragher's prepared some clips about what you wanted to talk about regarding Gary O'Neill's time at Wolves. And then I saw Jacob Tanswell drop a tweet, which I'm very aligned with and I really liked it. And I'm going to read this. You might not be on Twitter, but Jacob Tanswell was, he is of the Athletic, covering Villa now, but previously covering Bournemouth. He says, hope Monday Night Football doesn't turn into the simplistic narrative of Bournemouth should never have sacked Gary O'Neill. AFC Bournemouth wanted to change culturally and ideally build a Brighton-type project, thrive rather than survive. Just because it's not begun well doesn't mean the decision is binary. Now, I said earlier on in this stream that I really like that it's got variety. I think fans will have their opinions. That's what football's about. And I think you might be a football fan, everyone in the chat watching this stream right now or watching it back on replay. You might be a football fan, right, where you don't care what the team looks like, how it plays. Boring. You don't care. You just want points on the board. And you don't care if the team checks out once you get to 38, 39 points and you're safe. And that's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The thing is, right, Bill Foley owns this club. He's pumped a lot of money in and he doesn't want that. 
Bill Foley made it clear in preseason that he wanted to move strategy. He wanted a project. He's got a project off the pitch in the training ground and he wants a side that's entertaining, exciting, dynamic. We know we'd lose some football matches playing with this style, but we'd win enough to stay up and try and progress. Okay, that's where I then start to think about what is the question. Okay, I don't think the question is should or should we not have kept our previous head coach? The question for me is, is it Andoni Iriola? Now, I'm still supporting him because I feel, guys, that he's not had all the tools to do the job. He's come in. He's not got his assistant yet for whatever reason. The transfer window has partially let him down. He's got players pretty much every game making mistakes that are costly. And I just feel like it's not all on him yet. If they're going to sack him, can they sit there and say that they gave him every opportunity to, to succeed? And they haven't. They haven't succeeded. Now, if Andoni Iriola isn't the man, that's life. That's football. Any appointment is a risk, Steve. Okay. But for me, the question needs to be to make sure we still stay aligned with what the vision is. If it's not Andoni, we just need to find out who it is that can actually deliver this. Initially, Steve, we need to pick up points. That's where we are right now. In the next six games, we need to get some Premier League points. But over 38 games, two seasons, three seasons, who can deliver this philosophy? Is it Andoni? Maybe not. <laughs> A lot in there. A lot in there. But that's where I am right now, Steve. I, I, yeah, no, we've had this conversation, me and you, yourself, a couple of times. And, and I, it's such a tricky one because I think there's so much. I don't personally believe it's all down to Iriola. Unfortunately, he's the guy that's going to carry the can, which is a sad state of affairs that is modern football. If you don't get results, you're out the door as soon as, you know, you know as soon as you don't get. I'm like, well, it's, it, how long has he been in the door? Six months? It's it's no time at all to to implement a complete new philosophy. It, he's not a native to these shores. He doesn't understand the league as well. He hasn't got his right hand man. He hasn't had much of a say in half of the signings we've got. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I'm I, I feel very sorry for him, but I don't know what the answer is because you could go down the route of sacking him and sticking with the vision and trying to find the next Iriola which I don't know who that is, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people saying Potter, great. I mean, if you could get him, I think it's a little bit pie in the sky personally. Um, but then money talks and Bill's got plenty of it. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot, if he does get sacked, there's, there's all sorts of names banded around. But there's an argument to say, I mean, I said this to you earlier, didn't I? I said, you know, we're at the point now where it's been such a bad start. And if it if it does go the way of Burnley, you know, we lose to Burnley and he, you know, then you've got Man City and Newcastle. We still haven't picked up a win and he's out the door. What do we do? Do we sort of just say, well, hang on, we've just got to survive this season then. We that's that's the aim now. We can't be looking, you know, these stupid dreams of improving on what we did last season. It's irrelevant now. We just got to stay above the dotted line. And in that case, what do you do? Do you bring in one of the, the old dinosaurs who's got us out, you know, got very many teams out of trouble before? I mean, uh, I'd, I'd really be interested because I said this to you earlier, because we don't have an Allardyce-esque team, I don't think, of, you know, the players we've got. 
it would I would I would find it very interesting if he came in and see what he could do with those players. Then we know what he was really about. I I, I just I don't know. I don't know what to do really. I think there's 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 people at the club who I think are getting away with this scot free as well, by the way, who have to have some accountability. Totally. Um, yeah. In, in a in a higher hierarchy sense, um, you know, there, there's we've spoke about this before, and when we've had previous managers, because that's not, you know, we had one manager for so, quite a long time, and now we've had quite a few in quite a short space of time, and nothing seems to be sticking very well. Everyone seems to be, you know, we're not we're not sticking with any one guy. We're not developing a philosophy of philosophy as a football club. Now Bill wants to try and do that. And it's not going well. And he's he's publicly said he's been taking football opinions from the likes of Neil Neil Blake. Uh, sorry, um, Hughes Richard and Blake. Hughes. Predominantly Richard Hughes. He's actually named him, which I yeah. feel a bit like maybe you know they're looking at them guys now and thinking, well, maybe they're not the right guys because um, they haven't seemed to have. Not very many of the exotic names have really hit the ground running. Traore can't even get inside. Um, you know, that's 25 million we've got sat there. Can't even get on the bench. Um, mm. Sinistera, I know he travelled a lot, so that could have been why he missed out. But ultimately, those are the guys that are advising him. And if it's not going well, it's not going to go well for them, I don't think. Um, but that that's, that's I don't see that as Iriola's fault. No. Omid says in the chat, experienced British manager, that's why I think Graham Potter is the man. It's a good option if we do change it. And the big question is, would would Potter come to Bournemouth right now? Not sure. I mean, he's sitting on 20 million quid from Chelsea, so not sure. Mikey says, want us to stick with Ariola. Did not like the Gary O'Neill style. Think it will come good. Matthew also mentions Ipswich doing very well with their new manager, who I think came from Manchester United, if that is correct. John, Andoni's not been faultless in this. He's made some errors. But as I said, he's he has been set up to really struggle. And I know you picked out some moments in regards to, we've spoken about the calendar fixture list and the lack of a Jeff Lerma, Tyler Adams won't be seen until March. And again, I did flick through to your watch along and I think you said a similar thing in regards to you can't drop the principle. We can't because it, it doesn't it doesn't give out the right message. If you bin it off, Bill Foley were talking about now and say, do you know what? It didn't work. Where's the trust? Where's the belief in the next one? Yeah, I, I, I went through a, a decent chunk of um, a rant um, about what would be the, the correct action necessarily to go through with, or at least what I think, you know, you could argue would be the right course of action regarding Iriola, um on my watch along. So please do have a look at the end of once the game's over for that, answer a few questions from fans. But basically I just can't see how the, the, um, the owners sack him uh, in, in this period of time, because Whilst yes, you can say that the two the the two big games that he hasn't managed to get results from are Everton and um, Wolves. That is, you know, the first nine games of the season, seven of which he got three points from, which was better than Gary O'Neill got in in that run of fixtures. And they're all together in a really tough streak. Like if you split those all up, 
And hell, even if we'd got a win against Chelsea because Solanke's goal just about gets past Sanchez, or if you or if Kirkes doesn't lose his head and dive in when he shouldn't do, and we keep that two one win against Brentford, or even if we end up playing Sheffield United at home in the first five games and we get a we get a comfortable two 0 victory, or nothing against Sheffield United, it's just they're the bottom team at the moment. In in any of those situations, some slight change, we get one win on the board. There is a totally different feel around the place. And I've already mentioned it before, how I thought when Parker changed his formation, he needed a um um he he needed that win against Aston Villa at the start to convince the players that this tactical shift was gonna work. And in the end, he messed it all up anyway with it because he changed formations another three times before he ended up getting the sack after blaming his players. Whereas Iriola, and I mean you mentioned it this Kirk, it's actually like listening to someone who watched the game. Uh, when he when he often talks about you know when things like things went well things went wrong but a lot more things yeah. went wrong that's why we lost and this didn't work and that that didn't work whether it's listening to someone that just basically just went well you know we'll keep going on vibes and and we'll make it work um yeah I I just I don't think you can sack him at the moment I think it's what the the owners will look to do and as you mentioned you can't you have to give your man every opportunity to succeed you're signing if you sign a player like adams you know is crocked and you know has an issue and then he gets injured you're not helping yourself but the initial injury doesn't help in the first place because you're going without him for so long alex scott comes in okay you know he might be great but he's injured for a while signing a bunch of wingers and not signing a reserve left signing another option at left back um not being able to bring in his assistant manager because he's not going to get, or at least we don't know, but he, he's unlikely to get a work permit because he's not experienced enough. And because he's coming from Europe, he needs to have shown some level to hit the points to get the work permit. And clearly he hasn't got it yet. So there's something, so they didn't look into that. And now you're looking at, he still doesn't have an assistant manager. The only person he's got that can really help him that you previously worked him with him before is his fitness coach. And you've got two very inexperienced man, uh, coaches in um, Cooper and Elphick that don't know how to play this style. He's teaching his own coaches at the same time he's teaching the players. Like he's got, he's hit roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. Some of the problems that Iriola has come up with, has come up against, have been his fault. You've got to look at the Everton game. You look at the the Arsenal game. You look at the, some of the decisions that he'll have made in every single game. He will have made mistakes. No manager's perfect. But as an ownership, you have to do everything to make sure that your man has the tools. And Iriola just doesn't. And at this point, I'm just thinking, you have to bring in someone. If you cannot get the assistant manager in, and clearly they can't if he's not there yet, you have to bring in someone else. You have to bring in someone. Ask Iriola, who else do you trust? We'll bring someone in. It's not like it's it's a player that you can't sign because we're outside of the window. You can bring in another coach, someone to support him, someone else that speaks his language and he can bounce off. Um, it's it's just such a frustration at the moment because it would be it would be quite um, it would be you would be coming at things from a very biased perspective if you really did go Iriola's the problem. Let's get him out. It's, just nowhere near Iriola's fault for this. He can he can take responsibility, but it is not his fault. And we need the club needs to do better to make sure that he can actually do what he wants with this side. Because otherwise, there's no point in keeping him. But I, they they need to. Totally agree. 
Right, we have 56 of you live and interactive on YouTube right now. Hit the like button, get to 50 likes, helps the video grow on YouTube between now and Burnley, because we're going to move on to Burnley. That's our next fixture. Surely a must win, but Burnley don't look great either. But it's a moment for you to hit the like button and subscribe if you're new to Cherish Red Army. It's going to be tense. It's another home game, Steve, at Dean Court against Burnley. Now, they have done something we haven't done. That's win a fixture at Luton, 2-1. They've also got a draw against Nottingham Forest. They're in the bottom three, one position ahead of us on four points. But they also look like a side that are struggling. Vincent Company did very well in the championship with him. Not quite adapted yet to the Premier League. Burnley will probably back him. Burnley next, Steve. Yeah, they are looking like a team that's struggling to adapt with their style of football in the Premier League. I don't know if it's just a level of players thing. Um, I, I, you know, I must admit, I, I, the only time I really saw them last season was when they, unfortunately, it was their last visit to our place and they, they beat us on that day. Um, and I did think they were a very exciting, fast-paced team. Um, certainly taught us a lesson on that day. That was the infamous Lloyd Kelly booing debacle but um i have watched a bit of them and they do look very fragile um it doesn't look as though it's i don't know whether that style it's a little bit like we're suffering with they're not quite clinical enough at the top end of the pitch and they look very fragile at the back as well so it's it's really one of them i mean who needs it? Who wants it more, basically, is what it boils down to. And that's what you've got to get through to the players, I think, from Andoni's point of view. You know, we who needs, you know, we need this. We need this win. I mean, we, it, it's basically, you baseline tracker, we have to win this one. I hate that mm. thing. But, you know, that's, 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 these are the games. We've been hanging on to that. <laughs> no, I, I hate We're it. We're on minus three <laughs> now. Sooner you get rid of it. I mean, it's such a nonsense. But anyway, um, I think we have to, you know, the, the, the thing is we have to win. It's as simple as that. We have to turn up. Mm. He's got, uh, he's got, you know, he's got the likes of Scott. Obviously, we lose Lewis, which is, I think it's quite, a, it's huge. But equally, I think Rothwell's good enough to come in there and do that. Or, as we've spoken about, I think there's an, op there's an option to put Sonesi in there just to make us a bit more solid. Um, he's tried it. He did pretty well at that position, mm. um, but yeah, we'll get onto the get onto the teams. But it's a must win for us. It's as simple as that. It's a must win for it's a must win for everybody. I mean, I said last week, what's that going to do to the vibe of the place if we manage to just get a win? Um, it's going to yeah. be massive. Yeah, we are going to take a look at that predicted lineup in a moment, John. But Brentford beat Burnley last weekend three 0 I think Burnley concede in every game at the moment, which is a good sign. For us, I think that result was probably coming for Brentford. They are a good side and I was expecting them to sort of hammer a team at some point. I'm not, not sure if it was a hammering, but they beat them comfortably 3-0. So Burnley should come here in, in low in confidence as well, right? Um, I mean, I'm not sure about low in confidence, but certainly they're not exactly going to be 
Um, you know, they they're not on a great record themselves. Obviously, four losses in five. The other one being a the other one being a win um, against against Luton, who they are now below in the table. But yeah, uh, I mean, we went to Brentford and got a two two draw, so we should have <laughs> we should have the positivity that we did better than than they did. And Burnley are not too dissimilar to where we are in terms of they invested heavily in youth, don't really have the experience in the side and are struggling to compete. And that is, that is us, but we're one year on in terms of we're, uh, you know, we've at least had our one season in the Prem, but obviously we've lost a couple of key players that, um, well, one in particular that was, that was, that was massively influential in, in, in the place. And, um, you know, we're we're suffering from similar issues, both Burnley and Bournemouth. Um, but we're at home, and whilst you know we're obviously without Cook, the loss was quite demoralising. I have faith that they can turn it around and put in a decent performance again. I mean, you've still got the exuberance of Alex Scott, who will, who should probably play again. Solanke is still in really good form. I've been so impressed with him. It's likely yeah. that Billing will play in the 10 again, which is great. I thought while Brooks wasn't massively involved, I did like seeing him in Tavernier. Um, you know, that you could just look at that first half and the positivity that the positives that were in there in in for, for a number of players. Um, I do think that a lot of people have been talking about Lewis Cook, Joe Rothwell, and you know, Steve mentioned it there. It's like it's not the end of the world that, that Cook's out because you can bring Rothwell in. That's just it's it's they're not. It's it's not quite the same. Joe no. me, Rothwell just cannot do that number six role. I mean, Lewis Cook can just about fill it in, and Rothwell's not a six. He's just not. His defensive numbers are nowhere near as good as Lewis Cook's. He's better. He's slightly better with his passing, and he's a lot better with his dribbling. But defensively, Lewis Cook's numbers. Lewis Cook's in the top one percent of midfielders for interceptions, um, in the, in Europe's top five leagues. Um, he has been quietly good. In, in that number six role in, in the last few games and then obviously lost his head. So it's going to be a big ask. But, I mean, we'll come on to predicted lineups and there is a possible other option that we can we can look at. But Burnley should be a team that we should look to try and just, just outscore, if anything else. Because it, it is like both of us have not got great defensive. Both of us aren't great at scoring, but probably would back ourselves better to score. Like we've scored six conceded 20. They've scored seven conceded 23. And our fixture difficulty level is roughly even at this point. So um yeah, I just I just want to see us go out, go all out for this and just go old fashioned Bournemouth. We'll you can score two, but we'll score three and just really just try and go at this because uh if you want to get the players, if you want to get the fans on your side, just score goals, <laughs> and that, that will get us. That yeah. that will get us going again. Definitely, it's kind of and you know, it, there's a lot of chatter about his future. And if you were in that position and you probably can see it going on around you, why don't you throw caution to the wind a little bit and go, you know, like John says, and just and try and go for somebody big time. Just yeah. you know, throw caution to the wind. You, you, you're going to get this. You're going to get the crowd on the side. If they see that, so if it's a good idea. So for Burnley, they are a youthful side. I do like Sander Burge. I thought that was a good signing for them, but they will be without their right back, Connor Roberts, because he also got sent off last weekend. For Bournemouth, we're going to take a look at this predicted lineup. This is my predicted lineup. It's on Fan Hub. You can join the Fan Hub community. 
link in the description below will get you instant access to fan hub you can play along do your predicted lineups they've got a fan five score predictions that you can get involved with rewards prizes throughout the season you can get involved points also for checking in if you're at Dean Court on Saturday so Steve John my side that I've gone for is for Radu in goal Max Aarons Sabani Lloyd Kelly Kirkes and here we go I say go for Senesi. I've wanted Rothwell in this side for a few weeks, but that's alongside Lewis Cook. Now Lewis Cook's out, I think Senesi can step inside and actually be a bit of a protector for that back four. I think Senesi struggled at centre-back, but I think he has all the attributes to play that role. What a way to test it, to potentially play it in Manchester City. Philip Billing, higher up. Alex Scott playing between the two. Semenyo, I've gone for again off the right-hand side. Nothing really against Brooks. I just feel like, I want some menu in there to bully Burnley. Just run at them, see if we can get some goals. Tavernier, Dom Solanke. Steve, that's my predicted lineup. Your thoughts? Yeah, I actually, I actually really like it. Um, I like, I like the fact that you've got two wingers there that will get the ball down and want to run at the fullbacks or or the sort of like centre backs if they can come inside a bit. They'll scare players and. And I expect Burnley will be as nervous as anyone coming to Dean Court where they think this is a must win for them as well. So if we've got players that are likely to frighten them and, you know, go at them and try and hit them quickly and, you know, take them on and just take them to the byline, get crosses in, do whatever, cut inside, have shots. Those are the sorts of players I want to see. I, don't, I want, you know, get get Kirkers, get our errands overlapping. If you've got Sanessi in there in a DM role, I think we can afford to a bit more. The only one I would say is everyone's been calling for Radu, and this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. You may not agree with it or not, but I'd probably err on this. I know we haven't seen him at all, but from an experience point of view, surely Randolph. I mean, he's he's played he's played fifty games for Ireland. He's he's been around English football the whole of his career. Um, he's obviously still, you know, up to it. So why, why don't we use him? I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you, Steve. The only question I put in there is he's not number two. So if you were going to jump Radu, surely it's got to be for a, a really good reason that Radu's had some games and had a poor performance. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. No, I just think I, I, I it should probably default to Radu. But to be honest with you, Steve, I have about as much confidence, and this is probably poor of me, yeah, to Radu as I do Randolph. <laughs> So it but doesn't really bother me. I just think from an experience point of view, we're saying about we've got a lot of young yes. players out there and I just think he's been around the block. He's seen it. He's done it. Um, I just think he, he he would bring a bit of an air of calmness, um, which I think we need big time at the moment. Is it... <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, Omid. I don't know. I don't know if he's it's too slow. I'm just saying from an experience point of view, um, we've got a young back line in front of him. It just might be a calm head that they need. I can't see us getting that peppered, to be honest. So I, I'm not sure how much he's actually going to do, whoever comes in. But I just I just want to see some calmness at, at the back. And I think having... He won't drop that, eh? Well, do you not think... I, I just think... I think he's, he's got to. I yeah, that's a comment to. from that's a pro- comment from Matthew Gale. He won't drop Neto. Can't see it for myself. But I think I where think can he go? I mean, it, it, I think he's got to do it. I think he needs to come out the firing line before it gets a bit toxic. 
Because if he makes a mistake, if Neto makes another mistake, it, it, yeah, the fact the crowd are going to really get on his back. And it wasn't long enough, long ago, that we were all singing Neto's name every five minutes at the games to him. Every time he changed the end, we're Neto. And he was really engaged with the fact and now it's just a completely different thing. I just, uh, yeah, personally, it's it's uh, Randolph for me just because of the experience thing. But I like I like your team, Kirk. I think I think Senesi's. You. That's, <laughs> that's very kind of you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see us have a bit of intact in the tent. You know, you know, players that will genuinely scare the opposition. Yeah, and I think Semenyo definitely brings that. I've, I, I've said this from day one this season. He is he excites me when he gets going. He he likes to turn on the ball, drive really quickly, strong and powerful get a shot away that's one thing he does do as well he does shoot mm -hmm. i mean so many players that just pussyfoot around and don't ever get a shot off and we're sitting there going just shoot shoot you never know look what happened look what happened at west ham he had a shot all right it was a dog shot but it, yeah. it went it went into Landed it Tom's feet. And scored. so uh, there you go let's see what happens john your thoughts very quickly on the lineup before we Take a look at potential score predictions or how the fans are feeling about the game on Saturday. There are some calls in there for David Brooks to start again. I don't have an issue with David Brooks starting. He's one of my favourite wingers alongside Tavernier. I just am looking at this game thinking Semenyo will probably be biting at the bit. And we know when he gets like that, he might have an effect like he did at Anfield. And he's just like Steve. He's direct. He'll just run at you and he could create something. Yeah, uh, if you were going to play Semenyo, I think it's probably better to play him on the right for that because Aaron's doesn't get up as much to support on that right-hand side. I yeah. personally prefer Brooks as an option, um, but um, I went into a whole thing talking about this at the start of the watch-along preview in the game, how you look at how Brooks got his assist for Wales is the fact that Wales set up very narrow at the, up, up front and Brooks... Wilson and whoever it was that was playing on the left for them at the time in that game, when the ball was whacked up to Moore, they're all really close and they can get loose balls. Whereas we play and we start with the wingers wide and they don't combine with the striker enough. I think Brooks, if he was played a bit more central, he could start combining with Solanke a lot better. And obviously he passed the ball to Billing for that overlap for us to get the goal. Billing picking up, pulling up the positions that Christie doesn't when he does those overlaps the 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 worry for me on that one would be essentially that the double pivot becomes uh assuming it isn't played in the 433 that you've set it up as which it generally mm -hmm. isn't under a Rayola, it's more to 4231 the double pivot would become senesi who isn't used to the role and scott who's too young to trust defensively um and it leaves us i think that leaves us a bit more vulnerable than I'd like. Admittedly, I've, I've already spoken about the fact that I don't think Rothwell is a great <laughs> solution number six either, but that shows the difficulty that Iriola's got at the moment. He either plays a centre-back at, at number six or he plays an attacking midfielder at number six. So it's not really a good option either way. So um, I wouldn't want to drop um, Scott, but maybe Senesi and Rothwell together might be the better option. Um, but I don't think anyone really wants to see Scott not play after after his after his start. But Scott might be a good option off. He might be a good option off the bench with half an hour to go to come on and inject something. Um, so yeah, you know, we'll 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 wait, we'll see. But I, I mean, uh, to be honest, I think the back four is 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 settled, and um, I don't have too many complaints with with that starting lineup. 
Yeah, Steve, you were going to mention Mark Singleton's comment. No, I was just saying, yeah, Mark's made a very good point there that it'd be nice to see now that Scott's in, get, got on the team that he obviously links up with Semenya at Bristol City um, and see if they can get some sort of partnership going again because um, apparently they were quite uh, lucrative as a partnership for Bristol. So see if we can tap into that. I mean, you know, we haven't got very many partnerships around the pitch as, as we spoke about because we keep seeing the you know, players chopped and changed every game. Um, so maybe that's a something, you know, we, we need any all we can get at the moment. Every bit mm. of sort of like tactical nows, bit of luck, whatever it is, just you know, I think that's a very good point. And and I and I like Semenya and I like what I've seen from Scott so far. So get yeah. them two together on the pitch. There might be a bit of an understanding there. Good thinking. And finally in the chat on this, Mark Cole has said that if he doesn't drop Neto and he makes mistakes, then he will get Iriola sacked or he'll get even more heat. And I think one of you guys mentioned that a few moments ago. Right. It's very early in the week, but we'll still ask you what you think the score prediction will be on Saturday. So it's your 60 second warning. I'll ask John and Steve how they're feeling. Lots can change between now and Saturday. It's been a good stream though. We've been able to have some good discussions and there's an opportunity to win a football match at Dean Court. What's your score prediction for Bournemouth taking on Burnley? A lot of the fans in, Steve, as they put their score predictions in the chat, feel like they just want to keep back in this and hoping that it works out. But it is a big game on Saturday. It does feel like if it's a negative result, it's going to go a little bit pear-shaped or the media, the news is all going to go in the wrong direction. But it is a really good opportunity for me. I know we haven't won a football match in the Premier League yet this season at Dean Court. Bournemouth-Burnley, though, I'm not really fussed, Steve, if you don't want to give me a score prediction. I just really want to know if you feel like, genuinely, I know we can do head and heart, but do you genuinely feel like this could be a turning point? I know we've got Man City coming next, but just to get a win. No, I'm not going to go as far as to say it might be a turning point because, like you say, knocking, you know, just around the corner, we got two real tricky ties. But mm. I, I still think we can win this game. And... I, I th- like I said before earlier, I think if we don't go back down to 10 men on Saturday, I don't think we lose that game. So if we can keep 11 men on the pitch, I think I think we're getting I think we're getting our first win on Saturday. I honestly do because I don't think Burnley are in a great place either. But I see enough in us, especially on Saturday in that first half, um, to say that there is something there. We've seen it at Burn at, at Brentford. Sorry. We've seen it at other games against West Ham and moments versus Liverpool. There is a, there is something going on there. There is passages of play where we do look good. Um, so I, I I just think it's it's that integral we win this that I, I can't help but be positive that we are going to win it. So I'm going to go for, I'm going to give you a prediction. Go for it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go for the 3-1. The Cherry's Red Army. I was just thinking, yeah. wouldn't it be nice to not only get a win, see goals, Steve, but like Paul said, get the famous <laughs> Cherry's Red Army 3-1. Haven't seen it for donkeys years, it feels like. Well, I'm thinking I'm thinking we'll we'll probably go one nil up, then uh two nil up, 
then they'll get one back and it'll be that, oh, we start getting a bit panicky. Then they'll be knocking on the door and we'll break mm -hmm. away at the end and get third. Yeah, we're going to need that cushion. Mark Singleton, John's gone for 3-2. Paul feels like it'll be a Bournemouth 3-0. Matthew Gale coming in for a Cherries win, 2-1. Mark Cole going for 4-2. Here we go. Here we go. A tight 1-0 from Roy. No, Morgan. Come on. Back in with a Bournemouth win. But that's Bournemouth nil. Burnley 1 from Morgan there. We've got Omid with a Cherries 1-0 clean sheet. Cameron Meach is 2-1. Jean's going for the famous Cherries Red Army 3-1. Ethan's 1-1. Paul says we owe someone a battering. We definitely do. And don't like to say it, but I think it's going to be 1-1. John, where are you at then? A few days before kickoff on Saturday, where are you at? Just a question. Does anyone remember when our last 3-1 win was? <laughs> uh, it's got to be championship. Just, just put it in, yeah. Put, put, put it in the comments if you remember. Because I've just had a look through. And I think I found where our last three-one, our last three-one victory was. Just wondering how many other people can remember. Give them thirty um, seconds. What's your score prediction? But it, but uh, yeah, score predictions. Um, things I think I look at Burnley and I think obviously they've conceded a lot of goals as well, not scored a lot. Burnley have also scored first in quite a few of their games and not won them. Um, so I I kind of I'm I'm torn. I'm, I either think it's going to be like a three-two win where it's like goals galore and and we just about nick it, or one of us is going to score first and the other team are going to be demoralised and not not get another one. And it's going to end up two or three nil, um, because it could it could well go either way. Um, I'm I'm going to say that both teams are going to go balls to the wall and just try and get as many goals as they can, and I think we'll hopefully come out on top in that one and win 3-2. Um, this is, no matter how negative I've been, no matter how pessimistic I might have been, even for that Wolves game, where I was kind of like, eh, I think maybe 1-1, one, one, but sod it, let's go 2-1. This time I'm like, no, we'll win. We have to We have to go on to win. I'm generally not um, the kind of guy that just says it's it's going to be a win. But I think, I think we will this time. And if Dean Court needs an absolute whopping game, David Cordell's <laughs> gone for 5-1, and I'm definitely taking that one off, David. I do think we win. I, I so hope we win. I, I feel... David's got to put $10 on that now. Yeah, I so feel for Andoni at the moment. As I've said, I I don't think he's he's made he's made some mistakes during some games, but I feel for the guy, and I just feel like a win will lift absolutely everyone. Right. Oh, I just want to chip in on John's one. I did. I do agree with Mark Cole and Cameron on the three-one. I think that was our last three-one. Yeah, it was indeed. That was that was our last one uh, where we uh, we actually got a we actually went a man down in that one as well. Um, I've forgotten <laughs> it was midweek, but yes, that was that was our last three-one victory at home to Birmingham um, in the championship. Right. Was Darren Randolph in goal? <laughs> Maybe no. <laughs> he was still he was at West Ham no. at that one at that point. Oh, was he? Um, Mark Cole is very good with his quizzes, by the way. We've had a quiz years ago on here, and, and he was he was very good. I'm sure he was. Right, Cherries in Focus, episode 15. It's great to have you interactive on YouTube and Twitter. I know we slightly overrun. For some of you that like to watch this back on replay, we do try to keep it under 60 minutes, but we're having these conversations. We do overrun slightly just to make sure we cover everything off. Steve, Mark Singleton is looking forward to seeing me in the North Stand on Saturday. Back to you, Mark. Steve, hopefully see you on Saturday. Hopefully I'll see you after the game, after we pick up three Premier League points. Thank you very much for this evening.
Yeah, just 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 a quick one to everybody that, you know, it is a tricky period for us at the minute. And all we can do as fans is try and get behind the boys as best we can on the on the on the game days. I know it's I know it's tough. Um and we're seeing some horrible things at the minute, but you know, they they need our support. So let's let's try and get as you know behind them as much as we can. Well done, Steve. Very well said. John, as well as Aaron and Matt Davies and Steve, John, you're doing a great job to stick in there with what we're doing at the moment you've done the watch along we're not sure if there's one coming this saturday but you're doing a great job just like the rest of the contributors and and we're battling through it's a slog it's a slog but we're battling through because there is some hope at the end of that tunnel yeah thank you and and you as well kirk you do you do all the work behind the scenes pretty much uh on this so thank you for keeping that up for us um that we, we don't like to let his head get too big do we steve so it's just sort of like now and again just let him know that he's doing a good job but yeah it's uh this has been um yeah this has been our most difficult period as 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 a group as a cherries red army group covering covering bournemouth um but yeah as 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 was said it is so important that um those at the ground really get behind the team i didn't mention it too much because i couldn't really hear it all that well but it sounded like that the support was decent um uh, against wolves um and I, we, we need it just as much and even if as much as most of us are saying neto needs to be dropped if he plays i really do hope that yeah, the entire yeah. team give him around give him plenty of chance and really try and back him up because regardless of who plays you have to support them once they're on the pitch we can't be seeing we can't be hearing boos like we did it for kelly just because neto plays we need to get behind the lads and really push them on to get that win most definitely we also need nonny please before yeah, kick off that was horrible i don't it know wasn't why. Great. but no, what's I very nice know, i'm hoping it wasn't an, i'm hoping it wasn't an oversight but um it was quite noticeable yeah, I'm not sure what went on there, but we need Nani back on Saturday. Quick mention then, as we close out this stream, to our monthly members, you wonderful people, thank you very much. You can become a monthly member or support the channel at buymeacoffee.com slash cherries red army. We hope you have a fantastic rest of the week. Thank you for supporting the channel. Do subscribe. Do hit the like button. We go again on Saturday. It's a must-win game. We do believe the boys can do it. We do believe Andoni can do it. And we hope that our season really kicks on from 5pm at Dean Court. From me, John, Steve, and thank you to you, the fans. We'll see you on the next one. Take care. Up, Cherries. Up the Cherries. Up, cherries.